Hello and welcome to Armenia by the Glass podcast. I'm Elaine Kasabian and my guest today is Zara Seropian, owner and founder of Gin Vino. Zara is an official UK importer and distributor of Armenian and Georgian wines. After a long career in corporate finance, Zara decided to take a sabbatical and travel to Argentina. It is here where her wine journey began. Zara tells us about her journey and we talk about the future of Armenian wines in the UK the impact of the pandemic on Zara's business and her future projects. I hope you enjoy this podcast. So hi Zara, Um, thank you for speaking to me today. I'm really pleased you are my first guest for the launch of my podcast. Um, That's because you are really um, a part of my journey in discovering Armenian wines. Um, We met back in October 2018 I realized oh there is somebody in the UK sells wines in the in the wine business and I can actually buy some Armenian wines so for our listeners it would be great if you could tell them a bit about yourself and how you got into the wine business I was I was born in Armenia I spent the first couple of years of my life actually in Moscow where my father was doing his postdoc so um, I would say I returned back to Armenia when I was six. I didn't know a word in Armenian, to be honest. I knew just the word hot and I pronounced it hats with a Russian accent. <laughs> and that was, that was the time when my father said, there's no way she's going to Russian school. She's going to an um, Armenian uh, school. Um, and there was a little bit of a um, sort of a interesting debate in the family. And I ended up going to an English language school, which my grandfather said, you know what? She's not going to an Armenian language or a Russian language. She's going to an English language school. So I went to um, the special uh, English language school 114. And um, I actually left Armenia when I was 18 to study in U.S. And I did economics. I then briefly returned uh, to Armenia, uh, where I graduated, worked for KPMG for two years. And then since 2004, really, I moved to, to, to London, where I was in finance for many, many years. And um, my bridge to wine was not intentional. I took a sabbatical. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, when you spend 10 years in corporate world, um, you're in a way even encouraged to take a break and, uh, you know, um, just to rest. And I took up the break. I went to Argentina and I chose Argentina because previously in London, I would go to tango lessons for two, three years. And it, the idea was go somewhere where um, it's not just about travel, but there's something connecting me. And I chose Buenos Aires for tango, but it's very interesting when I landed, the first thing I read in the airport was uh, Bari Galust <laughs> in Armenian. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was so, um, 
uh, you know, pleasantly surprised. And um, that same day when I uh, moved into my flat, um, I, uh, I landed first thing in the morning. I went to, to Palermo in central Buenos Aires, where most of Armenians um, live and operate and but that's a completely different sort of topic <laughs> so I'll, I'll skip that um but the the, the journey with wine began uh, in argentina in buenos aires uh after a couple of months of dancing tango you know enjoying life food uh getting very much immersed into armenian life there i was sort of um, I, I probably know most of the Armenians now living in Buenos Aires and in Latin America. Um, I uh, started going to um, a vinoteca in downtown Buenos Aires, Aldo's Vinoteca, meeting experts from around the world and drinking wine and exploring wine. And I met and I met a very famous Argentinian uh, winemaker, Roberto de la Mota from um, Mendoza. And uh, uh, he's a very interesting character. Um, and he was launching his second project at that time. And we've had many tastings together. And he said, um, you know, you, you, you describe the wine so well. Where did you learn? And I said, I have no knowledge whatsoever of the wine, you know, about the wine. And um, he was quite surprised. He invited me to Mendoza. I went there, I spent some time there, and I actually started working with Argentinian wines before I moved to work with Armenian wines and our region. So um, when I came back to London, I enrolled into WSET school and I started learning uh, about the wine properly, you know, going through the full science, not just, you know, having the nose for it. So did you... So you came back from Argentina, you enrolled in the WSCT courses. And then what made you decide to go into Armenian and Georgian wines? Or was there a step before that? Um, I actually started working with Argentinian wines and uh, exporting them from Argentina into Russian market. There was a gap and I thought this would be a good opportunity to... To, to, to work with the wines that I absolutely love. Um, and I spent a couple of years working with Argentinian wines in Russian market and partially in UK. Uh, and uh, I think it was 2016, or was it 17? I went to, to meet my uh, partners for, uh, from Argentinian bodegas in Dusseldorf at Provine, you know, the, the biggest uh, trade show. And uh, I had meetings back to back three days in a row. And my father actually challenged me. He said, you were there. You should go to the other pavilion and you should try Armenian wines. And I, actually, I must tell you, um, uh, I... I first shrugged it off my shoulder and said, Dad, what are you talking about? Armenian wine. Are you serious? Like, <laughs> I said, no, no, you should go even just for sort of, you know, broadening your horizon. Because, you know, I left Armenia when I was 18 and I was never, you know, a, a wine person back then. And, and wine really started for me later in life in Argentina. Even in London, I was so sort of heavily involved in you know, building career in finance, um, you know, my my wine horizon really didn't open up until Argentina. So, you know, one of the evenings, there are three, the show takes place for three days. And I think the second day, 
after I've been done with all of my meetings, I went to to the pavilion where I mean stand was. And everyone sort of were already gone, but there were bottles of wines standing there. And I started tasting them. You know, uh, I was knackered. I was so tired, but I was tasting and making notes. And I couldn't believe what I was tasting because some were phenomenal wines. Some were really bad. <laughs> so like you would, you would expect it anywhere, you know, in the world, you have a range, you know. Uh, but increasingly, I found more of a good quality wines rather than not. And um, I returned back next day uh, slightly earlier and tasted more. And when I was back in London, I, uh, I think in a couple of weeks, I bought a ticket and I flied back to Armenia. I said, OK, I need to go and start tasting this wine, wines properly at the wineries. And, you know, um, it's a bit like, you know, your, my ex-finance job taught me to do proper due diligence. So it was uh, take a ticket, go to Armenia, go to wineries, start tasting and understanding, is there a potential? Is that something that I might want to do? So if there was a step of Argentinian wines before Armenia kicked in. And I think it was a bit of a... It still is a, a long uh, shot because no one knows. I mean, I don't want to say no one knows about Armenian wines, but they are still very much unknown here in UK. Yeah. So it's not an easy sell. Uh, it's not a, in a way uh, I have started developing a market for something that is good, but people didn't know. Uh, or not a lot of people knew exist or they might want to buy it so it was a very brave step partially it was driven by sort of the sense of uh, how you know me being an Armenian and wanting Armenia to be successful and wanting Armenian wine to be successful and I suppose if I came from a trade uh, background uh, and if I worked here you know uh, in a trade wine trade business, I probably would have shrugged off that idea because, you know, it takes time for this initiative to become profitable. And I suppose because I came from a completely different perspective, I, I sort of had the guts to go into it, um, knowing that the first few years will be really investing money rather than, you know, making money. Before that trade show, had you tasted Armenian wines before? Had, was was the wine a part of your um, sort of growing up? It wasn't for me, so I'm, I'm I'm interested to know whether it was for you. It wasn't for me either, apart from my my grandma, my mom's father um, has a summer house and he has vineyard there, and they would make sort of natural wine, which they will consume that same summer. But that would be it, you know. I wasn't. Uh, you know, t- you know, involved in any shape or form in, in wine in Armenia. But I must tell you that uh, I was still in finance and I, uh, I was going back to Armenia quite frequently. And I think it was back then when Zora started, um, you know, taking off. And I tasted, I uh, clearly remember tasting their 2010 vintage and really liking it and buying two cases of that wine and storing in the cellar. 
but it was even before I thought I will go into wine. I mean, we have a relative in um, Ashtarak, which is renowned for Voskehat, and he has, I would say, a half a hectare of old Voskehat vines. He makes fantastic wine, but I wouldn't, I, I, I never thought of tasting it until I got into wine. So, so there's probably another sort of connection, but uh, again, after I joined Wine World rather than before. Right. So when you went out there to do your due diligence, how did you find the producers? I mean, how did, were there a lot at the time? Um, now there are quite a few of them, but I was guessing at the time were more limited? Definitely. I would say there were probably just a handful of wineries, maybe 10, 15 at the most. And um, some of them were not producing, you know, uh, good quality wine. Uh, It's good to see that they have improved massively year on year, you know, which is great. You know, it's it's a competitive um, spirit that pushes you to produce something good when someone, you know, when your neighbor does. And I think it's it's a good thing to see that, you know, more producers start paying attention to the quality. But for me, due diligence was really, you know, going from winery to winery, asking them to show me all their vintages they have, tasting all of the wines they have and talking to the wine. For me, it was critical to understand exactly what winemaker was doing, what was his vision, where is he going? And to talk to the founders or you know, founders, owners of the wineries and understand their vision, because it was critical to explain to them that, you know, this is not a simple sort of sell, buy, sell business. Like in Russia, you sell, you know, they pay you money and then off they go to sell. This is uh, a strategic uh, decision to start developing a market in UK for Armenian wines. That means that you guys should be prepared to operate on a different level. Your brain should be rewired as to yeah. how you will be um, uh, selling your wines here. You should be prepared to you know, um, participate in different affairs, different initiatives you know, to get the wines out there. So for me, it wasn't an easy task, I must say, because I sometimes found really nice wines, but you know, the winemaker or the founder were not on board, you know, they wouldn't understand exactly or vice versa. And it took a bit of a, you know, uh, due diligence uh, to to find um, uh, the three wineries I work with. And I specifically made a point not to take everyone on board because uh, after I launched here in UK, uh, year on year, I saw sort of more people bringing Armenian wines into Europe, but primarily they would like bring everything that's there there and put it online. Well, we made the decision, we're going to go on trade, we're going to go for restaurants, we're going to go for specialized wine shops. This is the market. And that means focusing on developing brands rather than just uh, selling online. And that meant uh, really cherry picking wineries um, and focusing on them. Well, the producers that you do supply, they they are very much a family business, aren't they? Boskevas, um, Vanardi, Old Bridge. And you can see they put their soul into it. 
I mean, all of them. It's it's good to be working with family businesses because, you know, um, they have a vested interest in uh, developing the brand for their kids. You know, it's not just a corporate sort of structure where, you know, you need to hit up, you know, uh, your bottom line should make the money. And, <laughs> you know, if it doesn't work, then you rebrand it or do something else. You know, it's, um, it's different uh, approach, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I recently saw a, a thing with uh, Farujan from Voskevaz, uh, the owner, and he was talking about the future and about future generations, you know, you know, his investment into the, his wines and wineries about is for the future. And he was, it's with so much forethought. It was very touching. Was it Varujan Muradia? Yes. Yes. Uh, that would be Vanardi. Sorry, um, Vanardi. Winery. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Uh, he, 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 he's, an, he's a very interesting character. He's actually, um, uh, CPA. He's an accountant yes. who went to, he moved to US, I think, after the collapse of Soviet Union, maybe, you know, a couple of years later, maybe 10 years later. And um, at some point he thought of buying a vineyard in US. And then, like myself, you know, he thought of US, I thought of, you know, Argentina. And then we shifted to Armenia. He decided to plant vineyards in Armenia. And I decided to, you know, work with Armenian <laughs> wine. So, you know, way me and Varjan, we click on that level because uh, we sort of, you know, we had a choice. We had a different choice, but we went for Armenia. So yeah. Very interesting. And he has four kids. And uh, all of them are uh, involved in uh, in the business, even though sort of, you know, uh, the youngest is still quite young. And I think, uh, you know, he's uh, he's instilling in the kids this, um, you know, sense of ownership and pride. And that's good. Fantastic. That's good that you know you know they're going to be there after after many years. Absolutely. The older generation and now the new generation coming in and working together which is fantastic it is and i think it, it you know it, it it depends on every single generation down the line to build on the success of the Absolutely. the others so um and i think it's uh, it's good that you know in armenia you know i think there's a potential for these uh, kids to continue because when you look at elsewhere Unless the business is really profitable, a lot of sort of um, younger generation move to into other businesses and then they sell the winery or, or the vineyards. Yeah. But Armenia is just starting off. So I think there's, there's a, a huge future ahead. On top of it all, with, I mean, Armenia has had the pandemic. They had to fight that terrible war did that have an effect on your business uh zara did you did it have a supply issue um you see because a lot of um wineries are still buying grapes from um from the growers when the war started it was around the harvest time and there was already the element of COVID whereby, you know, people were not exporting, i.e., you know, it was, it, it was very difficult to export wine during COVID time. 
and people were, uh, you know, uh, buying less grapes and producing less wine. And then when the war started off, whoever managed to get their harvest uh, done in time and sold in time, and, you know, they, they were lucky, um, you know, very well that, you know, some wineries which were based in Artsakh basically had to leave everything behind. And, uh, you know, some, some uh, were um, fortunate to have the infrastructure to ship the bottled um, uh, wine uh, to Armenia. So it, it's been very tough for people in Armenia with, with um, uh, I don't know, a lot of, you know, a lot of input materials are imported, like bottles, you know, a lot of things which go into production of wine get, you know, Armenia gets from abroad. A lot of, uh, you know, wineries import uh, bottles from Italy, Russia, you know, Bulgaria, wherever they can get a good quality. So that, that you know, with COVID, that again sort of slowed down the whole process. You know, I, I for example, had a sh- I needed a shipment and um, winery didn't have the bottles yet to, to, to bottle, to, to send it. So um, uh, what I'm, I think everyone has been impacted heavily, but Armenia, I think, has been hit twice as hard and you for your business you managed to adapt quite you know you'd managed to adapt with covid hitting us last year our um our market is the own trade uh that is you know hotels restaurants specialized shops and all of that was on standstill apart from the shops. And um, our, the way we refocused is we started doing lots of private tasting for corporate clients. A lot of, you know, um, big corporate names now working from home and wanting to do something for their staff allowed us to sort of reach out people, um, you know, through... through. Right. At the same time, you know, for people who know us, who know our wines, we created boxes which were sort of priced um, uh, on four different levels. And that allowed us to give them, uh, you know, a selection of wines, but not necessarily selling them individually. And a lot of people really loved it because at the same time, they don't know, you know, even if you list it online, they're going to make a decision based on a price uh, unless they have tried. And it's interesting. We've had clients who would start with the, you know, the discover and move all the way up to the amphora. I mean, I had a client who placed orders every week going from one box to the other because, you know, he tried, he confirmed the price value uh, match, and then he moved it up and up. So it was, it, it, it's been a very interesting couple, 18 months now. It's horrible even to think about it. For 18 months, <laughs> we haven't had a normal life. I know. But I'm hoping this is not going to go into autumn or seeing another lockdown because, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a huge hardship to see how the restaurants suffer and how the businesses that supply restaurants suffer. But we'll see. Are you working on any exciting projects at the moment? Have you got anything in the pipeline? We have uh, actually two projects. Uh, one was uh, um, put on hold because of COVID. 
um, and we are working on it, but I am going to sort of keep it confidential if you don't mind so that, you know, of course. once, once we're, yeah. once we, once we're out and live, you will be the first one to, to know and to, to participate. <laughs> um, Brilliant. Um, and there is a second one we've, uh, we've come to, um, to, to, to get the liking of the idea during the pandemic um, that we will probably launch in autumn. So, um, and, you know, us working not just with Armenia, but with the region, Armenia and Georgia, and expanding, we're looking now into very interesting boutique Lebanese wineries. Um, and wow. one of them actually is owned by an Armenian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know. Always an Armenian connection somewhere, isn't there. it? <laughs> and it's not like you're looking for it, but when you're asking for some wine and then they say, oh, actually, the, the wife of this winery is Armenian. You should look into their wines. And you're saying, yes, of course. And then you're telling yourself, well, I first need to try the wines, you know. <laughs> so because we're expanding um, and uh, we have Ukraine and Russia joining on board quite soon, all of these things were sort of stalled because of COVID. And um, now sort of you're, we're in a stage where we sort of want to think that this is in the past and we want to launch but at the same time, we should be very careful and take sort of, you know, um, careful steps not to expose the business too much. Well, thank you, Zara. Thank you for being brave and taking the journey into Armenian wines and Georgian wines. Thank you for having me. I will make sure that, you know, we uh, give you um, insight into the projects once they are, you know, about to launch. And we can always do um, help more people to get to try this wines. Thank you again to Zara for joining me today and thank you for listening. I'll be back soon with another episode but in the meantime check out my blog armeniabytheglass.com for articles, interviews and tasting reviews about Armenian wines.